Welcome to Malicious Mamas, a show that brings you tales of terrifying females from lore, legend, and everything in between. I'm your host, Nikki Mandiola. This week, we jump back into true crime with a nurse that ain't so nice. Without further ado, let's get down to it. This week's topic is Serial Killer Amy Archer Gilligan. Amy E. Duggan was born on October 31, 1873, in Milton, Connecticut. She was the eighth of ten kids born to James Duggan and Mary Kennedy. Not much is known about her childhood, so we'll skip ahead to the next big moment of her life, her marriage to James Archer in 1897. In that same year, Amy gave birth to a daughter, Mary J. Archer. In 1901, the Archers became professional caretakers when they were hired to care for an elderly widower, John Seymour. The family moved into his home in Newington, Connecticut, and spent the next three years caring for the man there. Seymour passed away in 1904, and his heirs decided to turn the home into a boarding house under the name of Sister Amy's Nursing Home for the Elderly. After three more years there, Seymour's heirs decided to sell the home, and the Archers moved to Windsor, Connecticut. The couple used their savings to purchase their own home on Prospect Street in Windsor Center. The residence was turned into a business called the Archer Home for the Elderly and Infirm. After running the business together for a few years, James died in 1910 of kidney disease. This was supposedly of natural causes, although Amy did take out an insurance policy on her husband a few weeks before his death. The policy benefit she received enabled her to continue running their business. After a few years of doing this on her own, Amy married Michael W. Gilligan, a widower with four adult sons, in 1913. Michael was wealthy and wanted to invest in the Archer home, but after only three months of marriage, he passed away. His cause of death was an acute bilious attack, or in other words, severe indigestion. Conveniently, Amy's husband had drawn up a will in the short time they were married, leaving his entire state to, you guessed it, his widow. This is where things take a turn. From 1907 to 1917, there were 60 deaths in the home. Families of the deceased became suspicious when they started to add up the number of deaths in that period of time. From 1907 to 1910, 12 residents died, and that number jumped significantly during the period of 1911 to 1916, where 48 residents passed away. One of the residents was a man by the name of Franklin R. Andrews, Although the man was elderly, he was considered quite healthy, so his family was shocked when in one day the man went from totally functioning and normal to dead by the evening. Supposedly, Andrews was gardening at the Archer home one May morning, began experiencing pain, and was pronounced dead from a gastric ulcer before the day was out. Not long after, his siblings came into possession of some of his letters, in which Amy asked the man for a large sum of money. Piecing together the pattern of Amy asking her clients for money, and then those who complied ending up dead not long after, the siblings realized what had happened to their brother. One of the siblings, Nellie Pierce, reported their findings to the district attorney, who ignored this information. From here, the woman took her story to the newspaper, the Hartford Current. On May 9, 1916, the first of several articles detailing the happenings over at Amy's murder factory was published, and police finally started to take the case seriously. 
They investigated for one year before exhuming the bodies of William Gilligan, Andrews, and three more boarders. All five bodies were found to have died of poisoning, either from arsenic or strychnine. Digging into the case a little further, local merchants confirmed to police Amy purchased arsenic from their stores to kill rats. It was also discovered that Amy was sending patients to have arsenic prescribed to them. When evidence was collected of Amy sending these people to the drugstore to fill their prescription, the police were able to arrest her. Amy was tried on five counts of murder, but her lawyer managed to get it down to a single count of murder for the death of Andrews. On June 18, 1917, she was found guilty and sentenced to death. Amy appealed and was given a new trial in 1919, where she pleaded insanity. Her daughter even testified on her behalf, claiming her mother was addicted to morphine, which somehow was supposed to help. Amy was still found guilty, but this time she was sentenced to life in prison. In 1924, she was declared temporarily insane and transferred to the Connecticut Hospital of the Insane. Amy remained there until her death on April 23, 1962. On that note, let's conclude this episode. If you have any suggestions on mamas you'd like me to cover or a spooky tale to share, please send an email to maliciousmamas at gmail.com. If you're looking for more mamas in your life, follow Malicious Mamas on Instagram. Also, if you could rate, review, and subscribe to Malicious Mamas on your favorite podcast app, it would really help to get the show out there, and I would greatly appreciate the feedback. Until next time, keep it real, mamas.